The Lord, our Redeemer, be with you. And also with you. This is Holy Week, and normally in our churches we have services day by day, but we're still living in lockdown, so our services this Holy Week are coming from the Sea House Chapel here in Kilmore. You're very welcome, and I do pray that you will join in these services on a daily basis and be blessed by them. It's Good Friday and we come to the end of this week's journey to the cross. And so we pray. God of all love and of compassion, God of our days and years, we set this time aside for you. Form on us the likeness of Christ as we walk with him in the shadow of death and to spend time at the foot of his cross where he gave himself for us. We ask it for his dear name's sake. Amen. A reading from Mark chapter 15, verses 33 to 39, read by Esther Hawkins. The reading today is taken from Mark chapter 15, verses 33 to 39. The death of Jesus. At noon, Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. We use these words of an old hymn for our prayer on this Good Friday. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain flows for all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Amen. The shadow of death has brooded over Mark's gospel. And in Mark chapter 15, Jesus dies. Jesus is crucified by the Roman authorities who have been harassed and under duress, given to the Jewish religious establishment. Mark records those details in verses 1 to 15 of chapter 15. The remainder of chapter 15 deals with the crucifixion scene by and large and is in two part. First in verses 16 to 32, Mark tells us what is done to Jesus. And then in the verses that are before us today, verses 33 and 39, Mark records the significance of what is done to Jesus. 
Mark sees Jesus' death as an enthronement. He is king. The inscription over the cross is Jesus Christ, king of the Jews. The moment of Christ's death is the climax of the story of Jesus in Mark. And Jesus' death is accompanied by four significant events for Mark. They are darkness, dereliction, downfall, and declaration. So let's examine each one of these in turn and their theological significance for Mark and for ourselves. First, darkness. In verse 33, Mark tells us that darkness covered the earth from noon to three o'clock. Mark offers no explanation as to the darkness, but it is a significant and supernatural event. Darkness in the scriptures is associated with the judgment of God. So for example, in Amos chapter 8 and verse 9, the prophet records, in that day declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darkness will cover the earth in broad daylight. That day when Jesus died, had arrived. The darkest hour had come. Scripture was being fulfilled. God's judgment would fall. Two, dereliction. In the ninth hour, which in our terms is three o'clock in the afternoon, we hear the cry of dereliction from Jesus. In a loud voice, summoning all his failing strength, Jesus calls out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This cry of dereliction comes from Psalm, Psalm 22 and verse 1, and indicates Jesus forsakenness and despair as God's judgment falls on him. These are the only words from the cross recorded by Mark and they are deeply significant. Richard Borkman, a New Testament scholar, notes that while Psalm 22 and verse 1 was written in Hebrew in its original, Jesus shouted these words in Aramaic. In other words, he made them his own. Jesus felt the darkness, the aloneness, the abandonment as he carried the judgment of God in his dying self. Those who heard the cry those bystanders, as Mark calls them, thought Jesus was crying for Elijah. How come? Elijah was the greatest of the Jewish prophets. And in Jewish thinking, Elijah would come when the end was near, on the day of the Lord, the day of judgment. And Elijah would also come to help the righteous. You can see why they thought that it was Elijah that Jesus was calling to. 
But judgment day had come. Jesus was all alone. And Mark simply records another loud cry from Jesus. He breathed his last and he died. Downfall. At the moment of Christ's death, God acts again. The curtain in the temple separating the most holy place set apart from God and his people is torn from top to bottom. In this dramatic act, the fate of God's people is sealed. What does that mean? Three main interpretations have been proposed. First, the tearing of the curtain is a symbol of the downfall of the temple. And 40 years later, after this event of Jesus' death, the temple was destroyed by the Roman armies, never to be rebuilt again. Second, in the tearing of the curtain, confirmed the ending, as it were, of the Jewish sacrificial system and, and their priesthood. It was gone for good. And thirdly, the torn curtain means that in Jesus' sacrifice, his once-for-all sacrifice for the sins of the world, a new and living way opened up for all into the presence of God. Which takes us to this fourth and last theme of declaration. A centurion, a pagan Roman soldier, probably in charge of the execution squad, declares that Jesus is the Son of God. What an astonishing declaration from such an unlikely source. You will recall at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, when Jesus was baptized, a voice came from heaven, the voice of God, which declared, you are my beloved Son. Now, at the end of Mark's gospel, at the climax of this story, when Jesus dies, he is acknowledged as the Son of God. And the centurion acknowledged and declared that Jesus was the Son of God, came not through conquest, but through his suffering and his death. At the cross, in the death of Jesus, we stand on hallowed ground. What can we draw from this dark and despairing scene that has been described to us in Mark? The death of Jesus speaks of God's judgment. The theme of God's judgment pervades the scriptures from beginning to end. We are in the dock, in the divine courtroom. God is a God of justice. His nature and his character demands that justice is done and sin is punished. Our legal system is based on that premise. Crimes are judged and sentence comes. People are punished for their crimes. 
amazingly, God's judgment in the darkness of the cross was directed not on humanity, but against his only son. Jesus became a ransom for the sins of many. You recall we looked at that in Mark chapter 10 and 45 earlier this week. Jesus paid the price. Jesus stood in our place. And the weight of God's judgment came and rested upon his shoulders. Through Jesus, God is claiming back creation. He's inaugurating the kingdom of his son. And he's reconciling the world, people like you and me, to himself. Through repentance. That is acknowledging our sins and our need of forgiveness. And that Christ died in our place. And by putting our trust and faith in him, you and I can be forgiven. Freed. Released from the prison of our sins and habits. And this is all by God's grace and his love demonstrated in the cross. And finally, we need to speak of love on this day, Good Friday. In the death of Jesus Christ, God showed his love for us all. Christ went down into death. As one American theologian has put it, a voluntary endurance of unutterable anguish. And when people applauded then, and today when people could not care less, Jesus died for them and for us. What amazing love. A love which is limitless. Love like an ocean without any shores or any bottom. Boundless and free and unconditional. Coming from the heart of God. For God is love. And on this day, Good Friday, he demonstrated that love for each one of us. And we respond by embracing that love, a love that will not let us go, all because Christ died for us. Amen. We're going to sing of that love, how deep the Father's love for us. It's hymn 421.
As we come to the end of our service on this Good Friday, let us pray. God, our Father, on this solemn day, when we remember Christ's death, we, undeserving sinners, seek your mercy and your grace. Help us to plumb the depth of your boundless love, a love which took your beloved Son to the cross for our redemption. And we ask this in his precious name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Most merciful God, who by the death and rising of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world. Grant that by faith in him, who suffered on the cross for our sins, we may triumph in the power of his victory through Jesus Christ, 